Hi, my name is Leah Abramson, and I created a project called Songs for a Lost Pod, which is a series of songs about whales and from the perspective of whales. I'm Mark Laren Young, author of Orcas Everywhere, and welcome to Scanna 2020, Season 2 of the Scanna Podcast. Over the last three years, we've done interviews, previews, news episodes, even a rant about British Columbia's environment minister ghosting me. This season, we're planning on sticking with interviews and shifting our focus just a bit. Here's why. When we started Scanna, it was tough to get any news about the southern resident orcas. Now, it's rare to go more than a day or two when they don't show up in the news, at least in BC and Washington State. My book, The Killer Whale Who Changed the World, is about Moby Doll, the first orca displayed in captivity back in 1964. But in 2017, just after we launched the podcast, Tahlequah was the whale who changed the world. Tahlequah is the J-Pod matriarch who carried her dead daughter for 17 days in an unprecedented, heartbreaking tour of grief. The world media covered her story and people everywhere found out who our Southern residents are and that they are a population in crisis. Not only do people know about these orcas now, they know what we need to do to save them. They're not doing it, so we need to keep the heat on, but they know we need to deal with habitat protection, pollution, invasive species, those damn dams in the USA and the damn Fraser River in Canada. We will always be sharing news about our favorite orcas. We've got orca news in our newsletter and all our social media feeds. And right now, we're editing a documentary version of The Killer Whale Who Changed the World. It's the story of Moby Doll, but it's also the story of the past, present, and future of the Southern residents. But we're also looking beyond the Southern residents at Orcas everywhere. Yeah, that's the new book. But because the only way to save these orcas is to save the ocean and shift the way we see the world, we're exploring our relationship with the oceans and nature and other life on Earth. So while our first love is and always will be the Southern Residence, our focus for Scanner 2020, oceans, eco-ethics, and the environment. And our guests, they're still going to be the most interesting, influential people fighting for the planet. So far, we've lined up wildlife artist and educator Robert Bateman, water activist Autumn Pelche, the fish expert Daniel Pauly, actor, activist, inspiration to Kaya Blaney, Peter Voliban, author of The Inner Life of Animals, Hidden Life of Trees, Alberta's favorite activist, Sapora Berman, and just so you know, we still take our whales very, very seriously. We're launching off with a two-part interview with the orca expert, the guy who pretty much wrote all the books on killer whales, Eric Hoyt. Now, a few technical things. We're moving to a new website and podcast test, so please bear with us if we have any technical difficulties. We're not going anywhere. One of our biggest challenges in 2019 was iTunes completely changed and lost or recataloged all downloads prior to pretty much July 2019. So in many ways, this season really is a total reboot. We're also losing the wonderful sound clips from our interviews because finding and including them takes a lot of time. And once they're in, we've discovered that life is actually too short to argue with servers run by bots about the concept of fair use. 
my YouTube channel has been flagged several times because I've had the gall to post songs by me because bots. It's hard enough to explain to bots that we pay a license fee to make sure our musicians get paid without trying to explain fair use. This shift will also make it easier and faster to post interviews. And we're working on a way to archive our news episodes. Our Making Wave segment, where eco-heroes like Paul Watson, Julia Barnes, and David Suzuki talk about what we can do for the planet, are still available on our Scanna YouTube channel. Now, if you'd like to support us with this, with the podcast, with all the stuff we're up to, with the movie, please join our pod of amazing donors at patreon.com. You're the people who make this happen. Now, one more change we're really excited about. Our new theme song by Vancouver-based singer, songwriter, composer, Leah Abramson. In 2017, Leah released a magical album inspired by orcas and other whales. It's called Songs from a Lost Pod. And one of those songs is our new theme. It's called Scanna. I asked Leah about Scanna, orcas, and songs for a lost pod. Here she is. Can you tell us how the mm. Scanna song happened? Tell us about the Scanna song. Sure, yeah. Um, so the song Scanna was actually one of the first that I wrote for the project. Um, I was doing a project with the Vancouver Museum where you go into the archives and um, look for things that were interesting and write songs about them. And that was a project that I started with some friends of mine. Um, and I already knew I wanted to write about whales. And so I was looking for whale archive things and I found a storybook from, I think it was the 1970s, um, and it was about the story of Scanna, the whale uh, from the Vancouver Aquarium. I believe Scanna was the first um, killer whale at the Vancouver Aquarium, um, and it was a storybook about uh, for kids, and it had the whole story of Scanna crashing into the glass, all this stuff, but like for little kids, and I was sort of amazed by this book. Um, and so... I took just a very small piece of the story, which was um, Scanna having the way or the uh, dolphin Diana uh, in her enclosure. So um, I guess one of the first companions for Scanna was um, a Pacific white-sided dolphin, I think, um, named Diana. Um, and so I took that friendship and turned it into a song. And that is what that song is about. That's very cool. Yeah, it's been interesting as people have realized that those companions make a huge difference for mm -hmm. cetaceans in captivity, and they do shift everything, mm -hmm. right? And avoid that sense yeah. of isolation. I found a great story about one of the early whales becoming friends with a seagull. Oh wow! And with this one, That's the whales, really cool. the yeah, one of the whales of the Vancouver Aquarium had a pet seagull. And would save mm. a fish to feed to his seagull. Oh. Which is just like. Oh, that's so sweet. Wow. Just yeah. so, so, can you tell me how Songs of the Lost Pod happened? Oh, um, the album? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The whole idea. How, um, did, how did it happen? Um, well, it started with a series of dreams, actually. I, when I was really little, um, I had these recurring dreams about a pink beluga whale in a swimming pool. 
And I don't know why or how, or it was a very lonely whale and it was pink and I was its only friend. And this was like recurring dreams that I had around the age of, I don't know, four or five. Um, and I think when I started school, the dreams kind of went away. And then about five or six years ago, I started having dreams about whales again, but this time it was orcas and it, it was, the dreams were always different. I had dreams about, you know, orcas in my grandma's apartment building and, you know, where her pool used to be, but the whole apartment building was filled with seawater. And then I remember being in a boat and there was an orca, in it, but still there was this element of telepathy the whole time. So when I was little, there was a beluga whale and I could communicate with just our thoughts. And it was the same with the orcas in my adult dreams. And so I mean, I don't know. I'm sure somebody could psychoanalyze me and come up with something very clever. Uh, but for me, I started researching orcas um, and was just sort of fascinated by them and their whole social structure and everything. And every everything that I researched, I just kept going down rabbit holes um, until I knew that I had to make some kind of project. Do you have any sort of history with orcas or with whales? Not really. I mean, I do in the sense that I grew up in Vancouver and went to the Vancouver Aquarium as a kid and saw orcas, I'm sure. I don't have a lot of memories of that, but I know that they were around when I was a kid and when I would be going, when I did, uh, sorry, when I went to the aquarium. And I also did see belugas. I do remember seeing belugas. Um, so that would be the only history that I have with them. Um, you know, I didn't really see them in the wild either until I was an adult. Um, but I think, you know, my family does have a history of, um, you know, the Holocaust captivity, that kind of thing. So there was something about modern history of whales that I resonated with just in a sort of familial way of having a traumatic family history. And that was something that, um, as I researched captive whales, really struck home for me. Can you talk about the other stories on the album? Yeah, so um, there's a bunch of different songs. Um, I've got a song about um, the Chilean desert uh, where they found, um, I think it was at least hundreds of, of carcasses of, of extinct uh, marine mammals, um, all kinds of interesting things like, you know, ancestors of modern whales, but also things that no longer exist like um, want to say aquatic sloths, things like that. Um, and that was really interesting. I actually got a chance to go to Chile after the fact and go to that site, which is just abandoned. There's nothing there anymore. They paved it over with a highway, which is how they found uh, the skeletons in the first place was because they were digging for the highway. Um, so there was some kind of mass extinction event at some point um, millions of years ago. They found all these skeletons. They documented as best they could, and then it was all paved over. So, but the site actually extends quite a bit further. And if you go out, you know, where you're kind of not supposed to go, which we went, um, there's all these fossilized seashells everywhere. Um, these piles and piles of, you know, kind of aquatic, you know, sand and uh, old fossilized things. Um, I think I found a whalebone, but I don't know for sure. I took a picture of it. I, obviously, I did not take it home. Uh, but uh, it was really amazing. So I wrote a song about that, just the idea of paving over this really amazing, uh, I don't know, um, 
treasure from the past um, or glimpse into the past and how we sort of treat those things and how, you know, the future, the past is the future, how we may become those bones at some point and what, where does that leave us, you know, and these mass extinctions, um, nobody really knows, like it could have been toxic algae, it could have been something else, but we don't really know. And we're not really studying it either to the extent that we should be anyway. Um, and just that there's this amazing site that's really not being treated with the kind of respect that, you know, it should be treated. I, and it wasn't for the want, the lack of want from the scientists. It was really, you know, the lack of funding. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a theme in a lot of areas. And any other stories about different songs? Um, yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to look up my track listing right now to, to help my brain. Um, I have a pretty terrible case of mom brain these days or lack of sleep brain. Um, let me look here. Okay. Um, so Pender Harbor is a song about um, the northern uh, northern resident orcas, um, and they were captured at Pender Harbor. A family of theirs was captured at Pender Harbor. Um, I think it was in 1969. And that family has, a, or that the northern residents have avoided Pender Harbor for something like 40 years, but they've been recently seen there again. Um, so there's that sort of a capture story in a song. Um, also Pilot Protest, which is the first track from the album, is about um, mass strandings in Nova Scotia of pilot whales. And that actually was sort of an idea that I had that they were stranding themselves in protest of humanity um, and our treatment of the ocean. Um, this idea of religious groups that set themselves on fire, that kind of thing. It was sort of that idea, um, sort of this idea of sacrificing oneself to get attention for a greater cause. And, um, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure that's not what they're doing, but I like the idea of that kind of, you know, wake up call or something like that. Um, and there's also... Um, there's Hey, Hi, Hello, which is sort of a noise experiment. Um, and it, it's about, uh, beings trying to communicate in a large echo chamber underwater, which has huge boats growling and all kinds of noise from shipping and, um, you know, military experiments, all kinds of stuff happening, um. And then there's Lampedusa, which is uh, the crossing in the cro crossings in the Mediterranean, um, where there's um, people who are trying to find a better life in rickety old boats going across the ocean. And the idea that dolphins um, are known to have saved human lives, both in mythology and anecdotally, um, they are thought to save drowning humans. And so this idea of dolphins, which are very common in the Mediterranean, um, saving, potentially saving human lives or the idea of, of dolphins looking up and seeing people crossing in boats and drowning and, you know, what that looks like from a dolphin perspective. Um, so I guess a lot of heavy topics now that I think about it. Um, but, um, 
Yeah. Those are some of the some of the songs. And what's the response been? Like how have people reacted to it? Um, I think well. Um, you know, I did a couple presentations of it, a couple live performances, and people seemed to really respond to it. I had a narrator who also was sort of explaining uh, some of the research behind the songs. Um, and people seem to really respond to it. I mean, I think we're at a time where people are really waking up to environmental issues. And, um, you know, obviously the ocean is such a big one um, and affects pretty much everybody. And, you know, it has no borders, right? The ocean is continuous. And what happens in one part of it is going to end up in the other part of it. And, um, you know, and whales are such a iconic um, set of animals and they I don't know they're also you know the canaries in the coal mine kind of thing as well um so I think it has really resonated with people especially on the west coast because you know we sort of have this idea of ourselves as wild and you know the orcas are jumping and it's all happy and it's you know we're obviously in a bit of a um crisis with the orcas right now so yeah I mean, I I know a lot of people have found it quite sad too, the project. Um, and I don't know if there's any way around that, you know, and I think that's the grief that we have to feel and that it's important to feel because otherwise we don't do anything about it. Um, so there's that as well, you know, like allowing people space and time to feel those feelings of environmental grief, which, you know, you sort of have to slow down a little bit to do sometimes. Yeah, I've had some interesting conversations about environmental grief, and there's somebody I'm looking forward to interviewing who that's her thing, is just studying environmental mm-hmm. grief and, and reactions to loss. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's really like, you know, when I was writing this, it was really profound. Like, I, I found it really difficult. Um, and not that it's like over because I've written it, but it was just something that really... Um, affected me and surprised me too, because I didn't know that that was something that I was feeling until I really let myself feel it, you know? Yep. That makes sense. Mm. Any other orca thoughts, any other cetacean stories that I should be asking about? Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, nothing comes to mind. I mean, I'm working on, the project some more I'm going to be writing a little bit of new material um there's going to be a big uh stage show happening next year so that's work in progress right now um so I don't know if it'll be a new album or just you know for the live show but um I think I'm probably gonna talk a little bit about orca motherhood potentially (laughs) if that's sort of my new reality and there's been you know some really sad stuff in the news about that so um but yeah I don't know if I have any other stories to share um I mean I saw a beach rub at uh on Malcolm Island a few years ago which was amazing oh that's very and that was was like like? a very happy thing oh my god it was incredible I I mean I was also so I was doing uh an artist residency in Pointua and what a part of what I wanted to do was catch a uh, uh, beach rub but um, I would go like every morning I had to go like early and earlier and I just kept missing them and I was there only for two weeks and 
like they, they rubbed a couple times when I wasn't at the beach and like, it was like, you know, when I would finally be like, okay, I guess they're not coming today. And I go, went back to, um, went back to town and then I got a text from, from, uh, Troy Bright, who's at the beach every day and kind of has this research station there. And he's like, they're coming. We can see them get back to the beach. So I borrowed someone's car because I'd been using a mountain bike to get there and back, which is about half an hour. And I knew I wouldn't make it if I tried to bike back. So I borrowed it. I borrowed a car and like zoom back and managed to catch them. Um, but they're just, you know, they come in and like the whole families of them, there was a baby. And I think there were maybe nine of them that rubbed that day. Um, I think it was the A34s and they came into the beach and they just like sink down. They get, they come up super close to the shore, right? Cause there's a sort of steep drop off and they exhale all their, um, all their air to drop down and sink to the bottom and then they rub um, they just like you can I mean there's a hydrophone there so you can sort of hear in the research tent but you do hear some like bubbles and and you know the rocks and and um, and their blows are just so loud I recorded their blows and actually used a lot of uh, that sound in the samples uh, behind the song so um, a lot of the songs have field recordings in that's so cool. <laughs> like I gave people folders of sounds to turn into beats and stuff. Um, oh, wow. Cause I just got such great audio recordings of the blows. Um, so it was really cool. Um, yeah, that was one of, that was probably my favorite Orca experience. That is so cool. Okay. I think we're covered. Thank you so much for doing okay. this. And yeah. we're so excited to be You're using welcome. your song as our new theme. I'm excited too. Let me know how it goes and send, send it along when it's done. All right. Very cool. Thanks so much. Yeah. Nice to talk to you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Hi, I'm Mark Lernyoung, and this is my cat, Freya. Yes, those are her purrs in the background, and she'd like to say hi as well while I'm recording this. Thanks again for making time for Scanna. Please check out the links to Leah Abramson and Songs from the Lost Pod on our website, scanna.org. That also has links to all of my books, our movie, The Hundred-Year-Old Whale, starring Granny. If you like what we're doing and want to help us share stories about oceans, ecoethics, and the environment, and give Freya all the kibble she needs, please join our pod at patreon.com, subscribe to the podcast and our newsletter, follow us on social media, and share the show with your friends. Scan is produced by the always awesome Rain Banu. And now let's end off with Scanner's new theme song, Scanna by Leah Abramson. <laughs> Tide long in the tea.
see the crowds are deaf to 